We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Patrick Mahomes has thrown more touchdowns in his first 72 career games than any other quarterback in NFL history has thrown in their first 75 career games. We've talked about it before. It's the greatest start we've ever seen to a quarterback in NFL history. This is KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel, founder of KCSN and former Chiefs insider and sideline reporter. One of my favorite videos each week is the Monday KCSN Update because we are going to be joined by my buddy ESPN's Matt Miller for our Stock Up, Stock Down report. And before we bring on Matt to talk about all the guys that he's feeling really good about and maybe a few that uh, he's a little concerned about right now for the Chiefs, before we bring Matt on, Here's a quick word from our friends over at DraftKings. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. Anytime scores is a lot of fun. It's my personal favorite. You can go across the NFL with it, and you always feel like you got a shot. And with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code KCSN and place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, let's welcome on ESPN's Matt Miller. You can find his work, obviously, at ESPN, and you can find him on social media at NFL Draft Scout. Matt, how goes it this Monday morning, my friend? It's going well. Maybe not as, as great as Chiefs fans are feeling this morning, <laughs> sitting atop the AFC. Uh, it's funny how there's the early season panic. You lose to the Colts, you lose to the Bills, the sky is falling. And here we are at, you guys are at 7-2, and 4-1 at home with home field advantage. Very possible, if not likely, even so. Uh, you know, I, I think the you've you've worked for teams, BJ, and you've you've covered teams. 
this midseason is dangerous and every win's yeah. a good win in November. It, it really is. So a lot of people are like, eh, you, I, I saw someone yesterday being a Missouri resident. I saw someone yesterday <laughs> be like, I'm so tired of the chiefs not being able to put people away and dominate. And I, I wanted to comment, but I didn't because I care about my sanity that winning by 10 points in November is a damn good thing, especially, yeah. you know, to have a 20 to seven lead at halftime, that game was definitely not as close as the score seemed at the end, but that's the type of game where you walk away and you're like, Hey, we had some, some key injuries, which I know we'll talk about. And we yeah. won by 10. I'll take that. I'll take that every day. Yeah. There's always going to be storylines following the games and there is no shortage of storylines coming out of this one. But to your point, you know, do I think the chiefs are going to finish the regular season 15 and two, to be honest? No, uh, I'm that weird fan. And I, I, I understand I talk out of both sides of my mouth. I, predict them to go you know 12 and 5 13 and 4 or something like that but every sunday you ask me they're gonna win i'm like yeah they're gonna win i predict them to go 17 and 0 on sundays when i'm or you know saturdays when we're talking about pregame or whatever but uh, i fully expect you know there to be another game that they drop and it doesn't necessarily we didn't think it was gonna be the colts game uh to your point that you just brought up so any given Sunday, survive in advance at this point. Try to avoid major injuries. And to your point, we'll talk about that. Hopefully they aren't uh, major or um, lingering for the Chiefs, uh, not just because of, you know, obviously talking about Juju Smith-Schuster, not talking about just what he can do on the field. You think about him as a person first, uh, especially yeah. as scary as that was, and I know we'll get into that. But let's start on a more positive note and uh, your stock up uh, reports because – I have a feeling uh, I know at least who one of the usual suspects is going to be here yeah. on the stock up. I was say it's Monday. It's stock up. That means we're <laughs> going to talk about Patrick Mahomes. Was that not like the quietest four touchdown, 300 plus yard game that he's probably put together? It, I honestly didn't realize until I looked last night to start prepping for this video, BJ, to be like, and I, I watched that entire game. My son and I sat down and watched the whole game together. And it was like, hey, they won and Mahomes played well, but it, it was a quietly great performance from him. And I, I told you uh, at ESPN, we're doing our midseason awards. I put together my MVP ballot, and right at the top is Patrick Mahomes. And I, I will go as far as to say it's Mahomes, and then there's a gap because Josh Allen has not been playing well. Uh, and I, I don't think a wide receiver like Justin Jefferson can win an MVP award. I don't, Micah Parsons is certainly playing himself into a Defensive Player of the Year award. But MVP, I just don't know how it could be anyone but Pat right now. MVP, Pat, you know, it's just renamed the award at this point. But he, he yeah. is playing very well. And I, I know, like, you – it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, like, more touchdowns in 75 games. And I was like, 72. Like, it's it's funny, but it, it's also – it's it's remarkable. And to put together yeah. four more yesterday, he's just on a clip that I, I think Patrick has entered that – like Brady Manning style where even when they're great, people are so used to it that it's like, Oh, he threw four more touchdowns today. And it's like, no, you don't realize like he threw four yeah. more touchdowns today and uh, how well he's playing. I mean, yeah, he threw a pick yesterday, but I still think it's efficient. The ball is going out to four different receivers caught those touchdowns, by the way. So the ball yeah. is getting spread around. And I do think one of my favorite Mahomes things is that if you come at him or his guys, you're going to piss him off. And all that's going to happen is he's going to play even better. So after the hit on Juju and then the hit on MVS by Andre Cisco, who yeah. damn it, got that interception of Mahomes that you yeah. love the symmetry in football after those hits, Mahomes was not that he needs extra motivation, but he was a little bit more fired up. And I think the whole team was, I think there was this idea of, okay, now you've, you've woken us up a little bit and just another great game from Patrick. 
Yeah, he finished. Let me bring up the the final stats here. Patrick Mahomes finished the game against the Jaguars, 26 of 35 for 331 yards. That was 9.5 yards per attempt uh, with four touchdowns and an interception with a passer rating of 129.6, a QBR rating of 92.3. And yeah, very quiet performance. And you look through some of the the post-game notes, and I always shout out the Chiefs communications in their PR department because – uh, those poor people have to look up these records and the pacing numbers and all of that. And it's a lot of work when you've got a guy that is putting up the kind of numbers that we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, he's tied now with Dan Marino for the most, you know, three touchdown passing performances in a player's first 75 career starts. He's already got 16 games in his first 72 starts. I mean, yeah. one out of every four games that Patrick Mahomes plays, he throws at least four touchdown passes on average like there you can contextualize i love i it's almost like cheese fans a lot of cheese fans probably get tired of hearing these things and there's a faction of cheese fans that it's kind of like me where it's like i love this stuff because i don't want to normalize this we talk about all the time contextualizing it and not normalizing the greatness that we're seeing when you guys won the super bowl and you know you know all my friends because we're friends all my friends are like, we're going to win five of these. And I was like, yeah, I grew up a Niners fan. And I, I was lucky that they actually won four when I was young, but it was spread out over like 15 years. It was like, let's just pump the brakes. Like you say, you want to, you want to enjoy the moments. You And it's okay to have expectations. It's okay to expect Mahomes to be great and to be in the MVP conversation every year, which in turn makes the Chiefs a competitor every year for the Super Bowl. But I also think you have to stop and smell the roses a little bit and, and you know, because the, the, the 15 years are going to go by quickly, uh, believe yeah. it or not. And so I, not that you want to look back and be like, you know, damn, that week 11 win over the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars or whatever was week 10, whatever week it is at this point, you know, but I think just to, to appreciate the moments a little bit and not get so wrapped yeah. up in the expectations. If Nichols worth the free advice from some old men right here, uh, yeah, enjoy, okay. enjoy the moments a little bit. Yeah, I mean, these are the stories you'll be telling your grandkids about. You don't want to think about it now because think about your grandparents yeah. and the stories they tell you. And it's like, oh, whatever. Like, you're going to be talking about the greatest yeah. quarterback uh, to ever play the game. But, yeah, it's uh, it's special to watch. I, I'd say the one, you know, thing that Chiefs fans, like, also not take for granted besides the plays that we're seeing is that the relevance. You know, it's one thing to go out and win a Super Bowl. It's another thing to be – league-wide relevant you turn on a national tv game they're talking about your quarterback they're commercials with your quarterback all over it there's commercials with your head coach hilarious primetime game is your your team now yeah Yeah. i mean you got people spoiled people like you these draft analysts and i think you know better i shouldn't lump you into everybody else thank you anytime a college kid makes some crazy play outside the pocket they're like oh that looks like patrick Mahomes." like don't then chiefs fans get upset like that is all part of uh this experience and what we get to enjoy and watching this dude go out and play football. I will say the one negative thing with having Patrick Mahomes, it's kind of ruined football in a lot of ways because I was watching the Vikings game and Kirk Cousins, very good, solid football team, Kirk Cousins, solid quarterback. Uh, there was a time at which Chiefs fans would have clamored for a player like Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And now you watch him and you're like, why can't he just run over there and throw it back the other way across, you know, 20 yards down the field on a dime? It's kind of, he makes it look so easy that it ruins watching other players play. Without a doubt, it, I mean, it for me, it has almost ruined the evaluation process sometimes because <laughs> you forget that because just because mechanics don't matter to Patrick doesn't mean they don't matter for everyone else, you know. And, and you do, you find yourself thinking, well, this one guy can do that, so can't 
everyone just like drift 15 yards from the line of scrimmage, stringing out defensive tackles and then, you know, find their hall of fame tight end 60 yards down the field. No, unfortunately they can't. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's rare what he's able to do. And yeah. I mean, I don't know that we can spend 20 minutes talking about how great Patrick is. Uh, he knows it. Everyone knows it. It's, it's fun for you guys. I, I'm, I'm excited. Like I just to see the way this offense is evolving to see Kadarius Tony get involved yesterday yeah. to see Isaiah Pacheco become the lead back, which I don't even think Clyde play. I don't even know if Clyde played yesterday. He had two uh, targets, so, but he didn't have a carry. And coach Reed said after the game that it just worked out that way. Uh, and that wasn't necessarily the plan. Right. Um, right. Uh, okay. But we kind of, this was kind of brought up and teased before the, you know, the Niners game that Pacheco was getting the start. And then he said after yeah. the game, I didn't know I was getting the start. Nobody told me that, even though Ian Rappaport, I think, or Schefter, one of those guys tweeted it out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to the, to the next stock up. Cause I think uh, we're talking about some of the young guys here. Yeah. I think we have to talk BJ about the 2022 rookie class and, you know, Trent McDuffie finally getting on the field after an injury looked very good yesterday. And a lot of people say, well, it's the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence had a pretty good game, quietly good yeah. game. And I thought McDuffie showed up. He held his own. He did not look like a rookie. And he definitely didn't look like a rookie who missed most of the season up to this point. So I, right. I think that's encouraging. Joshua Williams, we talked about last week, might be the best tackling corner in football. I love the way he plays. Your guy, George Karloftis, played his best game on Sunday, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing the, the athleticism. I, I think the effort is absolutely there. Uh, but then also to see Pacheco, you know, lead the team in rushing, to have 16 carries and be trusted as kind of a bell cow, to be, you know, featured, I mean, special teams, pass game, run game. And no, Sky Moore has not popped yet. Yeah. I, I think he's being asked to do a lot in a very deep receiver room, but mm-hmm. we, we're probably going to see it next week. He's probably going to have to answer the bell a little bit, depending on how uh, folks like Juju and MVS are moving forward, Nico Hardman. Uh, you know, missed this, the game yeah. yesterday. So I think Sky is someone that is going to have to continue to step up. But for for all of the – being a general manager is hard. There's a reason I like to pretend to be one on TV instead of being one. It's a hard job. And I think Veach, we can all sit here and talk about Breland Speaks or Tano Passignan or Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But what they found in this 2022 class when all the talk last offseason, BJ, was about the Broncos got Russell Wilson and the Raiders got <laughs> Devontae Adams and the Chargers got Khalil Mack. And it's like none of that shit matters today because the Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and they have Travis Kelsey and they have a better team right now. You know, it's a more yeah. it's a fuller roster as opposed to like we've talked about before, that three headed attack. So I, I think Veach deserves a lot of credit. He's not going to win executive of the year. I can go ahead and spoil that for you guys. <laughs> Howie Roseman is going to – he probably already has the trophy in his house right now. But I think Veach, Veach and, and his whole crew, to lose Ryan Poles uh, to yeah. the Chicago Bears and still put together the draft that they did says a lot. Yeah, it. there's so much to unpack with what you just said. And the one area, you know, talking about – Brett Veach and what they did during the off season. Uh, the other big conversation was pass rush. And we're talking about George Karloftis. Yeah. And I know I, I'd said, stated very clearly that I thought he was going to break DT sack record. There's still a they chance. Money on he that, just right? needs a couple big games, <laughs> just needs a couple big games, but right. I will <laughs> not going to hit that one. Most likely 
but I will say it doesn't take away from the impact that he is making. He is tied with Aiden Hutchinson for yeah. most pressures by a rookie defensive lineman. He's got the most batted passes. Um, I think by rookie defensive lineman, George Karloftis is making plays for the defense and he is making an impact as a rookie at a position that you don't always see an impact unless you're talking about a top 10 pick, one of those first two or three edge rushers that are taken in the draft. But we talk so much in the offseason about the Chiefs pass rush in general. I mean, last year they finished with 29 sacks as a team in the regular season in 17 games. Through nine games, they have 27 sacks right now, led by Chris Jones with his yeah. seven. But this, it's the you know adri- addition by you know bringing a lot of dudes in. Carlos Dunlap, Carlos is Dunlap him, yeah. All of those guys are making yeah. Chris's job easier. Colin Saunders is stepping up. Carloftis uh, is obviously making plays. You've got a lot of different dudes, and obviously we know Steve Spagnuolo is going to blitz the house a lot. So you're going to get some DBs with some some sack numbers. But it Brett Veach's job. And what he's done, not just by bringing in, you know, Karloftis and drafting him, the totality of what he's done on the defensive side of the ball with the rookies and some of the free agents they picked up. It's been phenomenal. It's made a huge difference. We've seen it over the last few weeks. No, absolutely. And, and you take me right into my final stock up, and that is the defensive line, namely Chris Jones, one and a half sacks again mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday against a mobile quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I think the yeah. team had five sacks, uh, seven tackles for a loss. That's what that's fantastic against Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne that's that's a good Sunday so I but the D-line you're right I mean Carlos Dunlap congrats to him uh getting over 100 career sacks now Uh, I think Chris Jones is I love Aaron Donald I think Chris Jones is playing better than him this year not saying he's better uh, but I think he's playing better than him so far this year and you know we we have I thought when Frank Clark got suspended that there was going to be a much bigger drop-off defensively than there has been. And I think that's a credit to Spags. It's a credit to guys like Carlos Dunlap. It's a credit to Karloftis. Uh, you've mentioned it. Colin Saunders is playing like a man possessed the last two weeks or three weeks. So it's it's almost like how the receiver room has been a group effort. I think we're seeing that from the the pass rush. And it's, it's phenomenal. I think uh, much better. I think the Chiefs defense is much better than people realize on a national level. You see the Chiefs and you think, oh, well, it's Mahomes. They're going to go out and outscore us. Well, yes, but the defense is also playing very well right now. Um, and that's it's a great sign to be, again, second half of the season and your defense is, is clicking. You know, Super Bowl year, that was not happening. It was like <laughs> December before everything clicked. So I think you got to be happy about where the D is at right now. Yeah, and shout out to uh, to Chris Jones. Anybody that was watching or listening to our post game show from last night, uh, kind of went on a little mini. I want to call it a rant, Swan. I was not a Kent Swanson type of rant, uh, but I did uh, very loudly complain about the fact that Chris Jones has been a, as dominant as he has been this year, and he was not listed anywhere on the odds for Defensive Player of the Year until late last night, going into this morning. You. you check out DraftKings now; he is listed with odds for defensive player of the year. I think he has the seventh best odds now. Um, Micah Parsons is the odds on favorite to run away with that award. That makes sense for good, good reason. I don't think Chris Jones is going to win that award, but Chris Jones has played well enough that he should be in every national conversation about players that could be, if it wasn't for Micah Parsons, Chris Jones has first team all pro. I, I don't yep. think – I mean, that should be a gimme, I would think, just because of where he's at and because of the success of the team. That uh, that absolutely factors in. We all know that. But, again, I don't think there's a defensive tackle in the NFL who's playing better than he is right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, let's move to the stock down report. The the bummer side of this, yeah. but obviously uh, it's. But we get paid to do and talk about yeah, both sides of it. And there's, it's, it right. wasn't a perfect performance. Katrine said after the game, they made a lot of mistakes, a lot of things they got to clean up. And the first stock down is one that I know you're going to talk about and is not a, a new one to this. I've been talking about this yeah. for the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, what's your first stock down? I have to go with Harrison Bucker. And I, some of this, you know, folks who follow you and I on, that dying social media app, Twitter, the no, I tweeted about this in the game. Bucker misses an extra point. And it's just, I don't understand how someone can be so good beyond 50 yards and so bad in terms of extra points, but you know, he's missed two on the year and it, it is a recurring problem, you know, going back to the, the Super Bowl year where he missed six extra points that year, he missed a mm -hmm. couple last year and no, they're not coming in big spots, but how could you feel comfortable if you're the Kansas city chiefs and you are, down seven in a game you score a touchdown and then you have to it's not an afterthought anymore you know it's it's yeah. really truly not and i have nothing against harry bucker i've never met the guy in his life this isn't some weird vendetta that i have it's just concerning to me that someone who it wasn't that long ago was thought of as the second best kicker in the nfl behind justin tucker and now it's like what what's going on with this guy and it's not just the ankle injury a lot of people want to say oh it's the ankle he didn't have this ankle injury in 2020 or 2021. So it is concerning to me that it just not as automatic as you would like. And as you said, it is our job to point these things out. I'm not saying they need to draft a kicker in 2023, right. but I do think right. it is something that could become a factor as we get into later in the year and into the postseason. And you'd rather point it out in November than regret it in December or January. This is the reason that it's concerning, and I think you're alluding to it too, is that when you talk about kicking, it's not the ankle. It's not this. So much of it is mental. This is like a golf swing. And yeah. that anybody who's ever golfed even a little bit, you get a little bit off. If you're mentally thinking about something else, it doesn't take much with your body and your muscle memory 
to just be a little bit off to make all the difference in the world. Then you start missing yep. a few and then you overcorrect and then you're going through different processes. And, and I had trust and I'd been around Harrison Butker a little bit that he is so, um, you know, mentally adept to what he's doing and what his body is doing that I trust him to figure it out. But at some point it's going to creep in and become a mental issue. Um, where he's going to be thinking yeah. about it. And that's up to Dave Tobe. It's up to James Winchester. It's up to Tommy Towns. And those guys are around him all the time uh, to help him get through this. And, you know, I have no reason to believe that this would be the case, but this is also, we're having guys like Jan Stenerud, you know, and uh, Chiefs fans are like, why did he just come up? Jan Stenerud is around quite a bit. He has a relationship with Harrison Butker. And you're talking about a yeah. pro football hall of fame kicker that sometimes you could just hear or have conversations with people who, um, who understand what you're going through. And that's all you really need is not some Joe Schmo fan on the street sending a tweet, although it's not like not a bad thing saying, Hey, we believe in you, yada, yada, yada. It's another thing yeah. for Jan Center to somebody who's lined up and done the same thing uh, to give you right. some advice. I don't know what it is, but it's definitely a thing now that has got to get figured out. Cause to your point, whether it's an extra point to tie it for me, it's those chiefs are up seven, they're driving and they've got a 35 year old, 35 yard field goal to take a two possession lead with seven minutes left to go in the game. And it's like, you could ice the game right here. And I don't yeah. have any confidence that that kind of kick will go in 55 yeah. yarder to tie it with two seconds. Yeah. Probably automatic. Yeah. Probably going to drill it, but it's the take a two possession lead type deal um, that I can mm -hmm. very much see happening that I'm not confident. With. And I think it's special teams have weirdly been an issue this year as well. You know, there's yeah. been the punt return problems, that can it's a weekly thing at this point it, i'm not going to blame anyone for the the onside kick yesterday that's a surprise those things happen it's like okay you get that one but it just it feels like if there's a weak point and every team has one uh so this is not again i'm not pointing fingers at the chiefs and saying they're going to lose the super bowl because of it but special teams have been surprisingly sloppy this year yeah it it's surprising and it hasn't, I mean, you could say it cost them the Colts game uh, and hopefully it doesn't cost them much more yeah, than that because other teams, other teams have to not play through mistakes as well. And we're seeing that every team is going to go out there and make mistakes regardless of how good they are. And you look at the Buffalo bills um, still, you know, figuring it out. And you had made the point yeah. before that they had not been playing all that impressively over the last few weeks. And it finally caught up to them. Yeah, man, no one wanted to hear that when I tweeted it a couple of weeks ago, yeah. I mean, it was in the Packers game. It was like, they're going to win this game, but they are not playing like themselves, and and now they've dropped a couple in a row. Uh, but, you know, again, I said it at the top of this interview, if you can win in November by 10 points, you feel really good. And the downside of that is you walk away from a game, and, and our final stock down is sometimes you walk away from a game that you win by 10, and you have some key questions in terms of player health moving forward. I mean, I'm not a rules expert, but the hit on Juju Smith-Schuster looked dirty to me. And I a lot of, you know, I've heard from people I respect say, well, the player, the receiver can't go in with his head like that. I have no idea how people are seeing it that way. That's, that's the beauty of football. You and I can watch the same play and see it differently, but to the hit on Juju, the automatic fencing position that he was in before yeah. he hit the ground, even, you know, obviously he left the game. He didn't come back for like the next play to be also what I felt like was targeting or a targeted hit on MVS, maybe not targeting in terms of helmet to helmet, but a targeted type hit on MVS that was very hard. And, yeah. and then for Andre Cisco, the Jags safety to celebrate that hit, maybe he didn't know. I, I have seen people say his back was turned. He might not have known that he had hurt a second player. It just, it wasn't a good look. And I think for Kansas city, 
more importantly, who cares what the Jags' safety is doing, but more importantly, moving forward, uh, how long are those players going to be out? Because I do yeah. think we all saw what happened to Tua, though you cannot rush Juju back. And I think I almost yeah. wish there was a way that, if, hey, if a player goes into that fencing position, they're, they're out at least a week and, yeah. and maybe more. And I, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy in the NFL. There's a lot of hypocrisy, hypocrisy excuse me, in NFL media. And if you if you're gonna be outspoken about it when it's the Dolphins, you got to be the same when it's your team. So I'm hoping that Juju gets all the time he needs to be fully healthy before, like you said, as a human being, not even as a football player, yeah. as a human being. Let's make sure he's right before he's back on the field in a position to take another hit. Yeah. I had this conversation with Kent Swanson last night when we were watching the game because we kind of disagreed. And I don't think the more I've watched, especially the second replay of the the, fir- the hit on Juju, uh, I'm not saying it was still helmet to helmet. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but the second one bothered me more. The one on MVS bothered me more because I thought the intent was more to injure or to attack a defenseless pay- player who's up in the air in a pretty exposed position felt like the one on juju from where the safety came through and it's it's one thing to watch it in slow motion when you watch it in full speed safety's right there i felt like i've watched a thousand hits in college and the nfl in that same position where that safety lowers his head and really uses the crown of his helmet to drive into the wide receiver. I don't think Cisco did that on that play. It still ended up as helmet to helmet, but the last second you can kind of see him turn his head. Kent thought that was leading with the helmet. I thought he was just trying to protect himself a little bit. And it was just one of those. He's right there. Still a dirty hit still should be a penalty uh, because of the way and the result that it happened. Yeah, with the NFL was trying to do yeah. the way the rule yeah. states that feels like a absolute flag should have been called. But for me, the intent of the player looking like he's trying to hurt someone, I thought it was worse on the MVS one because of how he kind of launched his body up at it was, him. Yeah. Whereas the Juju one, it was just kind of like bang, 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 yeah. bang. And he's right there. Like at some point, maybe not with that play, but if you're a safety and they throw the ball coming at you, the only thing you do is comp- like literally get out of the way and not hit him because of where you're standing. You know what I mean? Like there's a point and there's situations on the field where, it's so bang, bang. And as soon as the guy catches it on an over route, if the corner or the safety is sitting right there, what's he do? He could take his knee out and he's going to blow his knee out. Uh, it's about the only other thing he could do or try to contort his body to slow it down a little bit. But not that either one of them weren't great. I don't, and I hated the reaction. And that's where like, maybe the Same. intent wasn't great. I didn't like the reaction yeah. on either one, but the second one for sure uh, pissed off everybody. And all the bunch of players talked about it after the game of the reaction didn't help the case of sometimes things happen in football then don't react like that because the player just got hurt and bj to that point i was really surprised watching the san francisco 49ers game sunday night Dre greenlaw a linebacker for the niners was ejected for a late hit but the, the people in new york called and said hey that was dirty he's ejected but a sunday afternoon game and cisco has two hits back to back and there's one's not even penalized. I feel like the second one was almost as a makeup call. Uh, that surprised me. And I think it's, I'm not going to go into like some wild conspiracy theory, but I do think there's something to a Sunday night game and a Sunday noon game where there's 12 games at noon and there's one at seven o'clock and there's a lot more eyes on what happens. Um, whether I'm right or wrong about that, that's how I feel watching games sometimes is that things get ignored in the early games because there's, there's a crowd of things happening. But 
Um, it, I, I hated the reaction from Cisco. And again, I'm not a, I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm not a Jags fan. I, I'm just objective, you know, just watching the games. And it, it felt kind of classless. And I'm, I'm one of those people. Yeah. I actually, you know, I enjoy the violence of football and the, mm-hmm. the toughness that goes into not only delivering a hit, but taking one. You know, I don't, I don't want that taken from the game, but I, I don't think there's room for what happens Sunday. Yeah. And again, Andy Reid had a few questions asked to asked of him in the postgame presser and uh, what he had told the media that he had told the ref in that moment when the ref said he led with his shoulder. He was like, he doesn't lay like my player doesn't look like that unless his head was involved. So whether it's reviewable, whatever they want to do, you can't preach players. Say this is the hypocrisy side of it. You can't preach player safety and stand up and say you're doing all these things and then have plays like that happen and not have some, maybe refs get things wrong. They're human understand, but have some checks and balances to make sure that a player that looks like he is doing this intentionally, isn't have some sort of consequence in the moment before he does it again. And somebody else gets hurt. Absolutely. And again, it's, I do think I'm not trying to speak out of both sides of my mouth here. I do think there's something in football, like you said, with the first hit where it's, it happens so quickly, but I do think that there you have to be aware of intent and you have to be aware of where you're at and you sure as hell want to make sure the next play isn't you launching yourself at someone. So I I think that's what makes you wonder about the first play. Like you said, when you you see the second hit and you see the celebration, it, it does make you wonder about the first one a little bit. Yeah, I, I can't figure out the difference between what Juan Thornhill got flagged for earlier this year in the end zone, launching his body into a player who was in the air, breaking up a pass in the end zone, and then what we saw from Cisco uh, in that game. So it's not yeah. consistent, and it's hard. This game's hard enough for defensive players and for offensive Absolutely. guys and what they're and all these guys and what they're doing. But for defensive players, for Juan Thornhill, who sees Cisco not get flagged for that, what's he thinking about when he got flagged? Uh, yeah. What's he, what are these guys supposed to do in some of these situations? And some they're unavoidable, like the one I was mentioning earlier on those over routes, cornerback, linebacker, whoever's just sitting there across the middle. And if it's yeah. going to be bang bang, just because of the spacing and where you catch the pass, I don't know what you teach him or what you you know you tell him to do. But um, all right, before we wrap this show up, Matt, I, I we're going to talk about this probably every Monday going forward because I had said that I was going to be an insufferable. And I'm normally pretty low key. Uh, kind of right down the middle. Don't show a lot of emotion. I blame my baseball background, being a pitcher, not trying to show emotion. Uh, but I said I was going to be insufferable uh, with all the shit that was being talked uh, by AFC West fans um, oh, with man. what happened over the offseason with you know the Chargers yeah. adding Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson and Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams going to the Raiders and Randy Gregory and Russell Wilson and all this stuff. And I'll, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and find all these comments and just put like a montage together. You're probably going to um, find some from me. So <laughs> Hey, I'll find you. I'll put you in there too. Cause you're my friend. Um, I'll even put your at, at NFL draft scout on the yeah. bottom. Just so they make sure they know where exactly where to find you. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Is this a lesson for the NFL and free agency and thinking a few guys can go to a teams or a few different teams in a division to make a difference? Or is this the Chiefs are who they thought they were and they're better and they can adapt better than anyone else thinks? What side are you more on of? Is this a situation in the NFL? It doesn't work like this or just don't screw with these people because they're the best and they're going to continue to be the best. Can it be both? I, I do think it's both. Sure. So I've said a lot. I think AFC West teams loaded up to try to beat the Chiefs a certain way. And what the, the Chiefs did was say, well, we're not playing that way anymore. So good luck. Like, have fun with it. <laughs> but I also think yeah. you can look at the what the Broncos did. It just hasn't worked. And I liked the Nathaniel Hackett hire. I really did. You thought coming from Green Bay, you know, you only know what you know about assistance, right? Then they get somewhere and you're like, oh, wait, never mind. That That is not what I thought we were getting. The Broncos, I mean, those moves seemed safe. You know, Packers offense coordinator, Russell Wilson, you know, who one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL over the last 12 years, and it just hasn't. I think with the Raiders, it's more of the fact that that roster's not good. And Mike Mayock and John Gruden hit on like one draft pick in five years or how many every years they were there. It, it just, it was not good. And I continue to think the Chargers are just poorly coached. I think the talent's there. The Chargers are poorly coached. And here is the greatest mystery of the entire world to me. How has the Chargers medical staff not been completely flipped? Like fire everyone, bring in new people who have different thoughts. They have to be, and I have no stats to back this up, the most injured team in the NFL. It feels like every Sunday it's like, well, they don't have – Keenan Allen, they don't have Mike Williams. They don't have it's always key players are hurt there. It's it's wild to me. And it's not just a Brandon Staley thing. It's been this way for a long time. So you know, it it is it's a credit, like you said, don't take don't take it for granted how great Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Brett Veach. I mean, to have that continuity and for them to consistently know what they need to do is, is special. It's I mean, New England. San Francisco back in the day, Dallas back in the day. It's not something we see very often. Yeah. And we know that uh, as far as the AFC West goes, you got to start by winning your division. The game on Sunday night between the Chiefs and Chargers that got flexed to Sunday night is going to be even bigger than it was before. It like effectively because, decides the division. I mean, yeah. It, the Chargers are in second place right now in the AFC West at five and four. Right. Chiefs seven and two. If the Chiefs win that game, they're going to have a three game lead through 11 weeks in a division that yeah. everybody thought that the, there were people, I Bart did. Scott, I did. there were other people who thought they were going to finish four. You didn't think they were going to finish well, I didn't four. Think, no, I there actually, were people I who said, thought they were going to finish dead last in the AFC. Cause like, I look, said 12 and five, but I believe yeah. I thought they would okay. be the second seed in the West. So I, I was wrong. And they're doing all this again. The other part, and I've had people uh, throw this out on social media, so I'm not saying I stole this because I had never thought about this. The Chiefs have played a first-place schedule every year that Patrick Mahomes has started That's in the NFL. just nuts. They've won, the divi- they won the division with Alex Smith. They've won it before he got here. So he is playing the division winners 
on those like two extra games within their schedule every single year. It's why they keep playing Buffalo. It's why they keep playing all these teams. Yeah. Why they're playing New England every year uh, back when Brady was in New England before he left. Like it's not just that he's had the greatest start and we're talking about the chief success and all the yeah. things they're doing. They're doing it against the first, the best schedule they can face every single year and they still can't be stopped. Well, you enjoy it. That's <laughs> I am going to enjoy this. <laughs> Matt, we, you know, Chiefs fans well enough. Your family's yeah. a full of Chiefs fans. Like we deserve this. Should yeah. don't take oh, it we for were, granted. Sunday don't night be football. spoiled about it, but enjoy it. Sunday night football. My son's like, so when you were little, the 49ers were good. I said, yeah, they were really good. And he's like, man, it's too bad they suck now. I was like, we, we played against each other in a Super Bowl recently. And he's just like going in and it's like, okay, I get it. So I, I can't get away from it, but I, I'm excited for you guys. Uh, again, best team in the AFC. You have the MVP at quarterback. It's, it's been fun to watch. And I think Sunday against the Chargers, it, it's going to be a lot of fun as well. I, hopefully both teams are a little more healthy, uh, especially yeah. the Chargers, which is never going to happen. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Mahomes-Herbert shootout. Yeah, it, that's going to be a good one. Again, Chiefs go to 8-2, and two, the Chargers go to 5-5. Five and five. Uh, If the Chiefs are able to win that one, you can not essentially call it, but can essentially call it. Pretty close. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And the more that I'm looking at this, the AFC schedule, you know, we've talked so much about the Buffalo Bills and now they're, I mean, in a race in the AFC East yeah, with the, the Jets third, and the Dolphins. The in the AFC East today, yeah. Yeah, crazy. But, you know, as much as we've talked about an AFC championship between the Chiefs and the Bills, you imagine, I think we all know what the storyline is going to be, but Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins coming to Arrowhead to play in the AFC title game and a season in which Tyreek Hill is probably going to break the receiving record, like all yeah, kinds of receiving records. records. Yeah. The tandem between Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill breaking every tandem record ever set. Uh, and it's amazing they're doing it considering all their passes are underthrown. And it's not even like a uh, trying to make a slight at Tua. You cannot watch Tyreek Hill highlights this year and not be like, man, he would have an extra 50 yards a game yeah. if he wasn't waiting and having to, you know, high point a lot of these passes. But Tua, Proved a lot of doubters wrong, just like yes. the Chiefs. He's but probably the only one that got more shit talked on him in the offseason uh, that has that can go back and find all these receipts to uh, the Dolphins as a whole. Jalen Hurts, my guy Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I, yeah. I was talking with Trevor Sikama last Friday on um, our KCSN update, and he was making the case that it's going to be really interesting if the Eagles continue to do what they're doing and continue to stay undefeated. Tyreek Hill breaks – the rookie or the receiving record. And then Patrick Mahomes continues to be the best player in football and talking about the MVP because yeah. that's your conversation. Uh, I know you mentioned Justin Jefferson, all obviously having a phenomenal season as well. Yeah. Tyreek Hill breaks those records. You have to put him in that conversation along with a quarterback leading an undefeated team and the best quarterback in the league. Now you're talking that's about Josh. Do it. That's why it's fun. Right. There you go. But I mean, I'm the chief schedule. They're going to be favored in every game the rest of the way. I'm glancing yeah. at it right now. The Chargers aren't good. The Rams suck. We thought that was going to be like the game of the year. Chiefs-Rams. Nope. Not. It's not going to be. The Chiefs-Seahawks might be the best game of the rest of the schedule at this point. Here the Bengals in there. Pretty good. Bengals are pretty good. That could be a good game. Yes. All right. That is all we've got for today's episode of KCSN Update. Matt Miller, what are you working on now? What can people find on ESPN with you covering the NFL Draft? 
mostly just sad that my son's reminding me my team's not any good right now. Uh, so we are uh, working on our team needs uh, is a big thing that we're focusing on right now. Every Tuesday and Friday, we have our NFL draft notebooks that come out with myself, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, Jordan Reed. So you can get caught up on all the things you missed. And then on Thursday, excuse me, on Fridays, look ahead. The players we're watching, uh, kind of the matchups we're looking for as we really dive into draft season as, as December gets closer here. Love it. All right. We appreciate everybody for tuning in this episode, spending part of your day with us, whether it's on YouTube. And if it is, please hit that like and subscribe. If it's on the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform. But appreciate all of you for supporting what we got going on. Plenty more coming up here on Casey Sports Network. We'll see y'all later.